Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Media Snack Meets. My name is Tom Denford. I'm the co-founder and CEO of IDcoms. On this episode, my guest is Amy Williams, founder and CEO of Goodloop. Hi, guys. Hello, gentlemen. Where are you? There you are. Welcome to Media Snack Meets, where we get to meet the individuals and organizations doing great work to inspire success and drive change through the global media and marketing industry. Because the best are short on time, we ask just six questions in 15 minutes. We get to learn what is behind the success, what it takes to make change in the industry, and what the rest of us can learn from that experience. Please subscribe to get alerts of all upcoming guest episodes. Hey, Amy. Hello. Thanks for having me. Good. Welcome to the show. Good to see you. Um, so, you know, you've probably seen the format. So we've got six questions in 15 minutes or less. There's loads. I would love to we, we maybe do another episode at a different point. So I, I know lots of people have heard about Good Loop um, and the phenomenal success that you're having expanding the business. You're in based in the UK, but you've launched the business. The business is now exists in the US and you're mm -hmm. moving over. So, but for those that haven't heard of Good Loop, maybe just give us a bit of an intro of, of uh, you know, what, what the business is and what you're hoping to do with it. And uh, I always ask, I guess, like something, tell us something that you're proud of. As a founder, you're probably very proud of maybe founding your own business, but something that, you, that you, you're proud of that Good Loop or you, you were doing with the business. Okay, sure. Um, so Good Loop is six years old. I started the business coming out of an amazing career working at Ogilvy, so creative agency side. And the thing I did at Ogilvy that I really loved is I worked on, well, primarily the Unilever account, which has this fantastic ethos around building purposeful brands, right? And this was back in sort of 2014, 2015. So they'd really just started to prove that by building brands with purpose, they could sell more soap. And that idea was just so exciting to me. So Good Loop was about amplifying and, and leveraging some of the things I'd learned about brand purpose, but applying it specifically to media. Because I think that the media side of our industry is so often overlooked when it comes to social impact and social responsibility when actually it is 90% of a brand's budget, it's millions of dollars spent shaping the free internet. And the way that a consumer interacts with a brand through the media it buys, like that's the moment a consumer actually experiences that brand and, and, and that brand touches their lives, right? So that was sort of the beginning of Good Loop. And um, over the last six years, we've built a ton of different technology that makes it easy and scalable for big brands to do good. So we connect amazing global brands like Unilever, P&G, Nike, Adidas, General Mills, L'Oreal. We connect them with charities and relevant social causes. And if people choose to engage with the advertiser, then they unlock a donation to fund that, that cause. Um, we've raised over $7 million for fantastic charities using money that otherwise would have gone to Facebook and Google. So I'm pretty proud of that. But I think the thing I'm most proud of in, in how I'm building my business and the work that we're doing is proving the business model behind doing good, right? Yeah. Looking at the ways we can increase attention, ROI, viewability, 
memorability, how we can shift things like brand love, brand trusts, brand favorability, propensity to purchase. It is through the marketing department that businesses most acutely see the ROI of doing good. So I think it's really exciting to help articulate that business case and think about how brands and businesses can bake social impact into every single part of their business. Love it. What a, what a great story. And it's a win-win, right? That's, that's the beautiful mm. thing about the, the proposition is that if brands feel good and it does good for the world and increases engagement as well. It's a, it's a good loop, almost. Good. I love it. Uh, great. <laughs> you might have already answered this, but then let's go on to the next question. So, what, so as you said, you've got an interesting journey kind of into that business. So what, what mm. for you is the best thing about now working in, in media? Mm. I have touched on it. I think for me, media is so influential. I think working in media is one of the most exciting and potentially world changing parts of our industry, right? We spend half a trillion dollars collectively <laughs> buying and selling eyeballs. And what that half a trillion does is it shapes the free internet. It funds climate change journalism. It funds diverse and multicultural voices it can fund hate speech or misinformation so how we choose to spend those media dollars is so intrinsically linked to the values we hold as a business and the experience our consumers have of our brand so yeah i think it's a, a huge responsibility and that makes it super interesting good love that um in terms of challenges then for the industry um mm. what do you see because you, I mean, you're focused on a really good conversation at the boardrooms of these kind of companies. Um, how are you navigating around some of the some of the challenges in the industry, which we still have? Because whilst it's a very you know it's a great story, and I love your story, um, the media industry is kind of riddled with its own challenges. So what yeah. what, what, are you, what are you trying to overcome? It is it's an industry that has been mired in negativity, I think, and um, you know whether it's the rise of ad blocking and to put it another way sort of the biggest boycott in human history right consumers are sick of online ads meanwhile we're funding climate change denial we've got um hate speech spreading across our social platforms and we're funding things like ad fraud like there's just this quagmire of negativity um and i think a really poignant challenge for the industry right now is We've had a lot of conversations about how to not fund bad things, how to make sure our media doesn't do bad in the world. So there's been great movement with things like GARM, with things like, um, you know, the viewability and brand safety technologies that we all adopt. You wouldn't run a campaign today without a brand safety tag, right? So there's been a good and strong evolution of, of how we can make sure our brand budgets don't do harm. But I think the challenge now is to go above that, to say, rather than not just do bad, how can we make sure our media does good? How can we make sure that our media spend reflects the things we believe in and the values we hold? So whether that's buying more diverse media, whether that's funding NGOs and good causes, or buying more respectful ad units or on more social, more socially responsible platforms. Like there's so many different ways that I think media can be a force for good. And the challenge is to bake that into the way that we buy and the way that we plan so that it can become as a hygiene factor as much as brand safety is today. Yeah, very good. I mean, when we when we sit and reflect on the industry, it's a pretty low bar, isn't it? It's like don't <laughs> doing bad stuff. Yeah. Um, and we have we I like that you call it quagmire. It's exactly that's a good old English term. Um, 
that's exactly where we've been as an industry is just trying to avoid doing the bad um mm. and that huge effort anyway um okay next question so uh your best leadership advice and that might be something that somebody's shared with you that's helped you on your journey or something that which you maybe often share with your your teams um mm. as a leadership advice what would you give us um well i have i have a couple actually and i've received some amazing advice over the years uh, i started this business when i was 25 so i had no idea what i was doing <laughs> so so i've had a lot of advice and a lot of support along the way i've got an amazing advisory board um we're just in the process of building up our, our us advisory board at the moment and my investors also have been a fantastic source of support um so i think i've been quite good at finding people that can give that kind of sage guidance and um a couple of things when i was when you told me that question before and i was preparing i had kind of three little gems that stood out across the years so the first one is it's a it's a parable it's a parable of the dutch sailor who sails around cape horn so the the most southerly point of argentina and um he does the voyage um one year and uh he says to his crew just as they're nearing the edge of the cape look we're an amazing team we're going to smash this don't worry about it we've come this far we're going to nail it and then the, the problem with cape horn is that it's the pacific and the atlantic ocean meeting so it's a real it's a real bugger to get yeah. around um and then they they do a terrible job and they crash and burn and the, the ship sinks the ship sinks then the next year he comes back he learns from his mistakes and he says to the crew look it's going to be tough this is the hardest point to sail in the world. And these two oceans meeting mean that the winds are gonna be like whipping and the rain is gonna be drilling and we're gonna have to be really, really on in. Here's our strategy and here's why we are prepared for how hard this is gonna be. And, and of course they sail through. And I'm sure I've butchered the story, but the idea of being honest about how hard things are gonna be is something that's been very poignant over the last couple of years. Mm. Like running a company as a pandemic unfolded around us with a team who were worried for their jobs, seeing their friends and colleagues become redundant, seeing our industry shrink overnight, brands just stopped spending. Right. And there was this complete freeze in the market. Um, and then, of course, we all were trapped in our homes and we were scared for our families. Like that was a really tough time to be a leader. And I learned a lot about being honest about how tough it is. Um, and now, you know, we're, we're sort of winding down 2022, we're preparing for 2023, we're seeing recessions kind of kicking globally, cost of living crisis, meaning that consumer spending is, is really down and confidence is low. And I, I know I can draw on that and I can I can kind of talk to my team about what that's going to look like, how I don't know what's ahead, but how we are preparing and what our strategy is. So it's something I've been thinking about a lot and it's something that's helped me. It's been a really crazy time to run a company the last couple of years. So that one has definitely been helpful. Um, the, ne the next one was, um, it's it's a visual. So it's terrible for a podcast, but, um, but the idea is like a good leader and there's sort of two visuals. One is um, that sort of the central, the central spoke of a wheel. And so everything feeds into the leader and the leader is in the center of it all, the center of your company's universe. Um, and really a good leader is the opposite of that. 
that's the tempting thing to do because it means you're in control and it means you have access to everything. But really a good leader is one where the wheel exists without you. They don't need you to spin. In fact, there should be multiple wheels and you can kind of dive in and out, help where you're needed, contribute as it's useful and then back off and empower people. Um, so that visual of not becoming the center of the wheel is one that's been really pivotal to how I've grown my team structure and how I've kind of recruited under me. And that leads me on to my third and final one, the one that I think I'm most proud of following um, in the last six and a half years, which is to hire people who are smarter than you, mm. um, which isn't hard when you're 25 and you haven't got a clue, but it is something that meant I have surrounded myself with people I respect. I've surrounded myself with people who have taught me so much and it's got us to a place where there are people in Good Loop that I am so proud to work with and the team around me is so strong that um, it genuinely is a team effort. And, and when I reflect on what we've achieved, like I can't take credit for any of it alone. And I, and I really mean that. So yeah, I'm really proud of the people I've, I've brought on the journey. Wonderful. I love all of that. Um, any any sailing analogy, as everybody knows, like you can, you can see I have my little like oh i'm, I'm preaching to the I, choir okay yeah that, i love that um and, and i agree i mean again as a, as a as a founder running a business through the last few years has been quite an exciting journey um mm -hmm. uh, we share a lot of the same view uh yeah it's just on honesty and leadership i like the expression servant leadership um which is that same principle, which is that we don't, you know, in our business, we don't have, really have a hierarchy in a sense. And it's my job to make sure that everybody's just got everything that they need, you know, food mm. and water, and uh, the tools and resources to do the best that they oh, can like that to too. deliver the mission. So um, yeah. we hear that within a lot of some, some kind of savvy marketing departments as well. Servant leadership, I've learned. Maybe it's an American thing. Uh, mm. Right, next question. Th those were great. Thank you, Amy. Um, so outside, now I know you probably have very little time to do anything other than good loop, but outside of that, what where would we find you if you just need a break, uh, break from media, break from work? I love charity shop shopping. So about three years ago, my New Year's resolution was to not buy a new piece of clothing and to just buy clothes from charity shops. And it has been my New Year's resolution every year since. And I don't think I've achieved it yet. <laughs> but it is it, the, the feeling you get when you find a gem in a charity shop and it fits just right. And it's like a cool brand that you couldn't have afforded otherwise. And suddenly it's a guilt free purchase because it's just a charity donation. So you don't mm. even need to worry about it. I end up spending way too much money and I come away with all these little gems I'm so proud of. There's a real sense of like discovery. And I just think charity shop culture and the charity shop adventure is something that if ever I'm feeling a bit down, I'll just go do a good old charity shop haul. Good. We love that. Okay. We'll see you. Yeah. Do you want my specific one? I've got one. Yeah, go on. It's the best one. It's a crisis in Finsbury Park. So okay. you'd have to come quite far <laughs> to find me. But if you cross the ocean, get to London, get the Victoria Line up to Finsbury Park. There's a crisis there. It's banging. Good. Okay. Well, and, and I should say in January, you're moving to New York. You're, you're relocating. Yeah. I'm going to have uh, to like go into thrift stores instead. Yeah. You will. Mm. There's some, there's some, I'm sure there's some good ones in the city. Oh, uh, well, I mean, on that note, so our final question so kind of hopes for the year ahead so mm -hmm. um you, you've been on this amazing journey with the business and now in the new year launching uh, a new adventure in the us but for, for if you think broader for the industry what where would you like us to be kind of a year from now what progress can we make 
Sure. So a journey I've been on in the last 12 months has been very specifically looking at the carbon cost of all of the programmatic investments and media investments we make. Mm. I spoke earlier about how we work with brands to connect with charities and, and, and help them do good through their media. Well, we have a suite of different ad formats and all of those ad formats are carbon neutral. They have been since inception. But about 12 months ago, we spun out that technology and we've started selling it as its own little product, which means you can measure and offset the carbon of any digital app, not just good loop campaigns. The hurdle I've seen and the hurdle I think 2023 is going to have to address is really twofold. There is a dire lack of education in our industry about the lack of sustainability of what we are doing. And you consider, you know, an average publisher might have 20 SSPs and those 20 SSPs might all run a thousand bids on an impression. And that's just one impression. So there's thousands of bids there that weren't even one, but still they had computational power attached to them. And for the one impression that was successful for the one creative that did run, that's been transferred across you know multiple dsps and ad exchanges we've probably had some other data layered in there's so much ad tech that sits behind an impression overall an average ad campaign emits 5.4 tons of co2 and, and we set average ad campaigns live every single day mm. um so to so the scale of the problem and i think there is so much um complex language and intimidating sort of rhetoric around this space, yeah. things like the difference between carbon neutral and net zero, or whether we should plant trees or fund carbon sequestration, or what carbon sequestration even is, and you know whether it's good to support um, coral reef restoration or whether it's um, you know greenwashing and 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 it's there's just there's so much like complexity and I think people find it really intimidating and to be honest we're not climate scientists right we are media people and so it's a whole new world and I think in 2023 if we don't get that education quickly if we don't get everyone on our industry to a place where we are literate about the problem then we won't address the second challenge which is I think there's a lot of talk but I'm not seeing much action. I'm not seeing many brands starting to make sacrifices, starting to change the way they buy, starting to kind of look at the trade-offs between performance and cost and sustainability. You know, if you're a brand that has signed up to be ad net zero by 2030, or if you're a brand that has even reports on your carbon footprint to your investors, this is a huge factor in that. And reducing it is gonna be one of the top priorities for your board and for your investors in the coming year. So um, moving from, from rhetoric to action and adopting industry-wide education, I think is gonna be absolutely crucial to making sure that our industry has a net positive impact on the planet. Very good, love that. Amy Williams, founder and CEO of Goodloop. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Who would you like to meet on future episodes? please let us know in the comments below. Subscribe to the Media Snack channel, where you will also find previous guests, including leading marketing executives from companies like P&G, Uber, LVMH, Mars, Ikea, and many more. Plus, some of the industry's most provocative thought leaders, such as Belinda Smith, Sir Martin Sorrell, Wendy Clark, Gary Vaynerchuk, and Professor Mark Ritson. 
You can also get alerts to hear about upcoming new guests. If you liked this episode and think someone else would, then please share it. Thanks so much for watching. See you next time.